What is up, you guys? And welcome back to another episode of Illuminati, the podcast where we drink beer and talk about conspiracy theories. My name is John. And this is Jake. And today on Illuminati, I am going to tell you another story. On November 18th, 1970, Rolf Rorvet was sitting at his father's upscale foot store in Stavanger, Norway. He was 22 years old and hadn't worked long in the shop. That Wednesday was just a standard day, but in the early afternoon, the shoe shop door swung open and in walked a gorgeous woman dressed elegantly all by herself. The strange woman, who had deep golden skin, stood out as unusual compared to the pale locals in the area. Rolf asked her how he could help, and he immediately noticed that she only spoke English with a deep accent. She was clearly not Norwegian. This was bizarre because Stavanger was not a tourist destination, and a woman traveling alone at the time was even more rare. Rolf showed her around the store and showed her what she was looking for, a pair of high-quality rubber boots. The woman took her time looking in the mirror, walking around, and testing the boots. And while she flexed the fashionable boots, something else stood out as very weird to Rolf. It was her smell. It was hard for him to place. It wasn't a stench, but it wasn't pleasant. In Norway in the 1970s, garlic was pretty rare. So it was surprising that Rolf wasn't able to place the pungent smell until later. He sold the exotic, smelly woman her shoes, and she went on her way. Ten days later, the police found her body burnt to a crisp. She was still wearing those rubber boots Rolf had sold her, way up on a hillside in the Isdal Valley. As police traced the woman's movements, they found evidence of her popping up from Norway to Germany and dozens of cities in between in the months leading up to her death. When they found her bags at a train station, they discovered eight different passports and a bunch of fake names. Also, all of the labels had been cut off of her clothes and makeup products. It was as if someone was trying to erase her existence. So who really was this Isdal woman? Was she a super spy chasing down the plans of a top-secret missile test? Was she an extremely high-end sex worker traveling from town to town for gigs? Or was she a modern Van Helsing, a vampire hunter who was chasing the Draugr, an ancient Norwegian undead monster that haunted the area? Today, on Berluminati, we are going to try and figure that out. But first, Jake, hey, what you drinking? I uh, happen to have two beers in front of me. So do I. Yes. Fancy that. So the first uh, is kind of a special beer that I picked up, and we're actually two days late coming into it because it's a Stone Enjoy by 420, which is uh, from Stone Brewing, which is out of uh, San Diego, technically Escondido. I think they have a place in Richmond too. Yep. They're pretty well known. Yeah. yeah. And just to be clear, the second beer I have is also... The 420 beer. Right. Jake and I are splitting it. Yeah. Uh, so this is a, a hazy IPA they put out. Stone does a couple dozen of these a year where they put out the enjoy by, you know, they'll do Halloween, 4th of July, and they kind of theme them towards that. So, yeah. of course, this being 420, it's kind of a hippie-ish. Stanky danky. Yeah. And the, the bottle looks like the side of a, you know, 69 Volkswagen bus. Yeah, kind of. With it's the like flowers. the bust from across the universe. Or, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But then with their demon head inside of it, so it's like I could imagine somebody in the seventies wearing this label as pants. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It definitely <laughs> looks like that. And so this is a uh, blazy hazy, which is what it says on there. Uh, so it is. It is a little on the dank side. You can get that taste to it, and it comes in at a pretty hefty nine percent. It's a little thick. What do you think? Yeah, uh, I want to say the first sip I got on it was very kind of clean and hazy. Yeah. But the more that I drink it, the stankier and dankier yeah, it gets. It sits on you. It, it's getting heavier in the mouth. It's I'm getting IPA tongue really fast. Like I'm only having half of this beer right. and I'm probably almost done with it. Yeah. The whole back of my mouth just tastes like I licked a giant nug. You're right. Yeah. Just bit of flour. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. 
Um, I agree. I had uh, I had two of these the other night at a uh, at a local restaurant we go to sometimes, and it was pretty tasty in the moment with food because yeah. I think the food probably pushes the the IPA tongue down a little. I, I could see that. Yeah, yeah, and so. it's not quite as like weed forward as something like right. their 420 series. Yeah, you know where it's like the G20 strain and all yeah. all those kind of beers. It's not nearly as actually weed danky as that. This is much more beer hop danky. Yeah, it, it's it's it is a little more subtle than that though. Um, yeah, it kind of reminds me of the new Wicked Weed Doctor Dank, which I haven't had yet. Yeah, I have a bunch in the fridge. Have you had it yet? Yeah, I drank one. Yeah, what'd you think? It's a lot like this. Oh, okay, fair. So, very um, danky. <laughs> very very <laughs> danky. Um, yeah, I, I like Stone. They do a lot of interesting, cool things. They have a uh, double IPA I like that they carry at Harris Teeter called Fear Movie Lions, and it's a box of sixteen ounce cans. Mm-hmm. It's it's good stuff, you know. So it's uh, yeah, yeah. I, I'm a fan. I like their Enjoy By series because it's always it's different every year. They come up with something new. You know, yeah. it's not it's a, it's obviously a very limited edition. It's fresh. Yeah. So yeah. What's the other beer you're drinking? Well, uh, so I took another trip down to Charlotte in spirit uh, to Triple C Brewing Company, and this is their Baby Maker Double IPA. Uh, oh, dang. Fr- on the front, there's weirdly a picture of a stout and a goblet, <laughs> so I'm not sure what that is all about. Somebody fucked up on that art design a little. Yeah, or they didn't pay for the extra colors or something. Yeah. That's um, definitely not the shape of an IPA of a IPA. That's that's a stout glass. That yeah. is a stout 100% glass. Stout yeah, glass. yeah. Sorry, tripped up on my words um, there. And usually, Triple C like their design is pretty on point. They do some good stuff with their designs. So I'm kind of surprised. And if you look, you can see there's a bunch of like Photoshop artifacts or something. So somebody probably just Googled beer glass and dragged it over into Photoshop. And you could see all these little like PNG artifacts and things. And so, yeah, it definitely, that one definitely does not look that good. But that's also a printed can. It is. Yeah. And yeah. I also have a triple C oh, here, you have a sticker. but it's a stick on label. Yeah. So, Interesting. of course, this would look way better in quality. I would love to know what people, how people decide whether to go with which and what makes it happen. And that, that would be, a, I'd love to ask that of a brewer. So, just from a packaging standpoint, since I've owned a company that's sold, stuff that has to go in packaging yeah. before um, the can with the label will always be cheaper and it's easier to the printed like the laser printed thing. Yeah. No, oh. the, this oh, the that, can with yeah. the stick on label. Yeah. It'll always be easier because you can just buy labels and if right. you don't use all the labels, yeah, whatever labels. it's like yeah. hand, it's a couple cents per label or whatever. But when you have to order printed cans, right? You know what I mean? This is a general can. They order a million of these oh, yeah. that you use them for every beer, and then you just have different rolls of labels. You just have to have the label applied. Yeah, these are probably made in China by the gazillion, you know? Right, exactly. And then those have to be custom printed, and they're probably more expensive. The right. quality of the art's lower. And then, I mean, wasting cans if you don't have enough product or right. you overrun you or out, yeah. something. Like you would need the exact amount of beer for yeah. the exact amount of cans. That's just not possible. Which like, somebody like Bud Budweiser, you can see like they're they're not wasting any product or they anything, make like you know? two beers. Right, exactly. But th- that's <laughs> what I'm saying is like they have their algorithms already set up and they know the math of what's going into it. They're not like, oh, I have four thousand gallons left. Like no, they're printing exactly yeah. how many cans. There's a whole cans. warehouse just full of empty cans right, back exactly. behind the brewery. Like, but how pissed would you be if you were the owner of Triple C Brewery, Triple C Brewing, and you ordered a bunch of these cans and you got back this and you're like, I'm sure they were mad and they were just like, God damn it! Right? Who knew these were gonna look like this? Fire that guy! <laughs> we're moving to labels. Fire that son of a bitch and get the sticker printer out. And like the stick on labels are fine. Like most, I feel like pretty big breweries have a sticker a sticker applying system. You know what I mean? Which, which is fairly cheap. From what and I in this case, yeah. they have both. Yeah. Like I'm surprised they even do that if they do this. Right. Too. That's what I'm saying. Is like, why do they have both? What's going on here? You know? Yeah, I so, don't know. We should ask. Them. I wonder, maybe this is like a four year old beer. <laughs> It's just been sitting there. Maybe. Um, or or maybe they ordered those cans four years ago and now they're finally through yeah, them. They're just pumping through them. Yeah, yeah. it's possible. They um, probably have more of that same beer, but in this art style yeah. with the stick on label. I should then, probably taste the beer. Yeah, probably. It's really dark for being a double. It is a really, it is really dark for being it's a like double. It's like an amber. Uh, and it kind of has an amber leaning taste. 
It's like if you poured a quarter of an amber into a double IPA. That's weird. There is definitely an odd taste to it. Not like it's gone bad or anything, but um, yeah, I don't know. It's I would if this was my only experience with this company, I would not go back to the company, but I've had another one of their beers and I'm blanking on what it was and it was very good. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's, you know, you hit and you miss. Yeah. What do you got over there? So Jake and I did not plan this, which as usual, somehow we always come together with the same, with different beers from the same <laughs> company every couple, every couple episodes. I also went to Charlotte and have a beer from right. Triple C, which is how I know they'd make labels with stick-ons right, because, because we're I looking have at one. both of them right now. That's right. But I have, of course, a do- totally different beer. I have the Rainbow Sherbert Fruited Sour with pineapple, raspberry, and lime. And so it says words. it's a fruited sour, 16 fluid ounces, 4.2% ABV, 51 IBUs. And it is a standard aluminum can, stick-on label. It has what looks like very purple melted sherbet on the label. And then it has this like swooshy thing across it in different colors that says know your craft. Yeah, they got the same on same on here. Yeah, the swooshy. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So I guess that's a triple C thing. Then yeah. it has their logo. Then it has where it says rainbow sherbet sour with like little ice creams and stuff. Uh, I guess know your craft doesn't extend to printing cans. I mean, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> I guess not. Um, but I guess that's their, like their little saying. Triple C, know your craft. Yeah. I wonder if Triple C is like their name, the name of people there or something. I don't know. Yeah, that would be interesting to find out, like why they're called Triple C Brewing Co. But yeah, I mean, this was when was this canned? Oh, this doesn't have a can date. It says drink by three thirty one twenty one. Mine doesn't even have a, any mention of anything on the bottom. Oh, okay, but yeah, so it's supposed to be a fruited sour, raspberry, pineapple, and lime. Um, well, I just took my first sip a minute ago, so let me take another little sipper. Yours is kind of swampy looking. Oh, because it's a sour, yeah. Yeah, so the color on it is very red. It's like Crown Prince, but not purple. Yes. But it's like the you know, red. You cannot see through it, but it no. looks like it looks like very hazy red Gatorade. Are you getting the fun dip? The fun dip. Yeah, no. The- <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> no, I'm not getting any fun dip on this one. It's very wet. <laughs> like, you know what I As mean? a liquid should be. <laughs> well, I mean, it's like when you drink wine, sometimes they're dry. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And this is not that way. It's the opposite. Forward, juicy. Yeah. yeah. Juicy. Juicy. You drink this, it's very juicy. My mouth is like watering big time right now. Gotcha. And I would not say, I would say this tastes like rainbow sherbet. I okay. taste a lot of raspberry. It's like the Napoleon stout where it's like trying to taste like three pennies. Things. Yeah. It's like <laughs> trying to be three things and it's just one thing. I, I think the only flavor I don't really get is the pineapple okay. because I definitely get a scent of acid off it when I smell it. It doesn't really smell like anything. It just smells like a sour ale. Yeah. It doesn't smell like a Goza cause it's not one and it's right. not a Berliner. This right. is a sour ale, which is slightly different than those other two. But it has this very acidy smell on it, but it just smells like a sour ale. It doesn't really smell like anything. But then when you drink it, you get a lot of raspberry. You get a lot of acid, but not necessarily lime in the back end. And I guess the juiciness is probably coming from the pineapple, but I don't taste a lot of pineapple. It's funny because that citrus is usually so forward with those kind of beers. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's not, it's definitely not overpowering with the citrus. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, so Triple C is named because the three founders are Chris, Chris, and Christina. Oh wow! So there you go. They could have just called it Chris Tina. Chris Dash Tina Brewery. <laughs> <laughs> Triple um, C. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't hate this beer at all. I it's very drinkable. Yeah. Uh, it's low on alcohol, which would make it perfect for a by the pool beer. I'd get it again. I yeah. think it's a little misrepresented. You know, I mean, they're going off of the rainbow part based on the flavors that they put on it, but it doesn't right. taste like rainbow. You know what happens when you put too many flavor, too many rainbow flavors together? Tastes like pennies. You get brown, brown, brown. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, but yeah, I mean, it's good. It's very raspberry. It's kind of limey, more more like a acidy, citrusy kind of thing. Not very much pineapple. My mouth is watering. I, I mean, I'd drink it again. Sure. For sure. I would probably prefer to try something else so I can yeah. keep trying new things. Like this isn't knocking it out of the park to me where I'd come back to it. I actually had to have this conversation with me and myself in the grocery store the other day because I was walking around <laughs> and I was like, ooh, you know what I need? More juiciness. And I literally <laughs> took an eight pack of juiciness out of the cooler and put it in my cart. And then I was walking around and don't I saw have, some other. Are you out of juiciness at the house? Yeah, I don't have any right oh, now. Oh, okay. You burned through it? Yeah. Did you drink the bad stuff? No, oh, I'm okay. not going to. <laughs> is, it st- is it like still in a closet or something? Yeah, it's in oh, my okay. pantry. Um, but I had kind of walked around and I saw two or three other beers. I was like, oh, that might be good. Oh, that might be good. And then I saw that they had Dr. Dank and they had the Firestone Walker Double Mind Haze. Yeah. And there's a couple other beers I wanted. And I was like, well, I probably should get these instead of getting <laughs> juiciness. Get out of my comfort zone. If I just keep buying juiciness, then I'm never going to try anything else. Right now, there's like a Sycamore executive going, no, we sent that woman to his house and gave him so many things <laughs> and he didn't choose juiciness again. I mean, I, when it gets to be summertime and I'm ready to go out on the boat with my dad, I am taking my entire Yeti full of juiciness. It's a big Yeti. Yeah. Um, How many juicinesses do you think that Yeti would hold? I don't know. That's a 45 quart cooler. So if you actually take them out of the can and just dump it straight in there. I could fit 45, 45 quarts, quarts of juice. Yeah, and then I just have to open the side and it will yeah. spray two streams worth of go. juiciness out the side. Well, one for you, one for your dad. Yeah, and I also just got a new soft side cooler Oh yeah, that, I saw that. fits 40 12-ounce beers, 41 12-ounce beers. Or 20 juicinesses because yeah. they're slightly too tall and a tuna sandwich. Yeah. There you go. That's right. So, but I'm more likely to take the Arctic out on the boat. It's made for it. We already got the stickers on there and it has the grip feet on the bottom. I've taken that cooler 60 miles offshore. Oh, wow. Well, it also Did not has an inch. It sticks right where I put it. It's also got a brand new fresh brew Luminati podcast sticker, which you can get if you message us at the brew Luminati at Gmail. We'll mail you one right to your house. Yeah, you can get us on Instagram or if you're a patron, you can get to us on Patreon or you can Wherever email you us or you can get to me on Facebook. And if you want one, send me your address and I'll mail you a stick. I'll pay the price of the stamp. Send it right to your house. That's right. I have one on the windshield of my Miata. Entirely free. It's covering a small crack. It's free. It's free, 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 free. <laughs> it is free. <laughs> it's free. Triple C also stands for the core beliefs of the brewery, meaning craft, community, and commitment to the environment. I thought it was Chris, Chris, and Christina. Well, those are the names of the people that found it. No, but I thought that their beliefs were also Chris, Chris, and Christina. Oh. <laughs> I was making a stupid <laughs> joke. an ego thing that I believe that. <laughs> Apparently, they've won some awards, some oh, bronze cool. medals for a 3C IPA and a IPA they had called the Zest Appeal, which sounds like it's kind of up your Zest alley. Zest Appeal. Yeah. That does sound like it'd be up my alley. As you long would, as it would, doesn't taste like the oil, like oily peel. I think we talked about that recently. We drank a beer where I was like, this just tastes like oily peel. Yeah, it says... Ale brewed with Pilsner malt and orange zest added. Interesting. So it's actually an English style summer ale. It's not an IPA. Oh, okay. I, I misread the. Camera. Might have to try that for this summer. Yeah. And I think that we are going to try a new way of picking beers here soon. I know we have kind we of been trying to pick our own beers for ourselves, but we keep trying. I keep just picking IPAs. It's IPA yeah. after IPA after IPA. Well, the thing is, you you whenever you come down the staircase, you actually have a can of juiciness in your hand, and I have to spray the hose at you to send you back <laughs> into the house to get something different. I turn around, I'm like, <laughs> 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 and then I have to go upstairs and lick myself dry because I'm all wet. Yeah, yeah, and then I have to choose a beer for him, and it's it's. I know, yeah. I know, and then Jake always shows up with random stuff. It's like put this in your fridge, um, <laughs> but yeah. So I mean, I have probably. 10 or 12 different kinds of beers that I'm literally saving up for the show that are just in the fridge right now. And I'm starting to try and pick more different stuff. I need to start storing them in your fridge because I drink them when they're in my fridge. Yeah. I mean, when I go to Total Wine, I'll just buy a bunch of shit. Yeah. Hit me back. There we go. Um, But what we're going to start doing is we're going to start pulling out a bunch of beers all at the same time. We're going to put them on the table here. And I have literally a plushie that looks like a mimic sitting on the table in the middle (laughs) here that has like a hundred different die in it from my D and D playing days. And we are going to roll for the beer we're going to drink. So then we're just going to buy a smorgasbord of different kinds of beers and then start rolling for the beers. So it's a little less like 
this one sounds good to me today and it's all picked and curated. And yeah. Instead, we're just going to start rolling for them so you guys get a little more variety. And we should throw in some bad beers too in there. Steel Reserve. We should toss There's in. just one Steel Reserve. One there. Steel Reserve. If and you like, roll uh, a critical one, right. you steel get a Reserve. Steel Reserve. Yeah. And we should store it just in your garage, not oh, in the God. fridge. Yeah. Okay. And then maybe like a, a little flask of MD 2020. Yeah. Something like that. Something horrible. Ugh, that yeah. Fun. Did you see Poon Sauce McNasty's? I think it was MG 2020. He fooled me. He, he yeah. had that. He had, anyways, Poon Sauce McNasty is a guy who reviews a lot of beers. And he has. He's on Instagram at Poon Sauce, Poon Sauce under, Is it Poon Sauce, Poon underscore, Sauce underscore McNasty? McNasty. Yeah. yeah, it's a worthwhile follow if you're a beer fan. Uh, but he had a can the other day that he was showing, and it looked like the exact label of Mad Dog 2020. Yeah. It it's fooled not me for though. a second. No, yeah. it's not. Yeah. But yeah. His beer reviews are good, and they're short. They are. Yeah. They're just yeah. like a couple minutes. Yeah, he does some on YouTube, does some on Instagram. So it's. Yeah, yeah. some weeks he'll release one every day. Yeah. Like he, he does yeah. them a lot. It's definitely worthwhile. He must live next to a gigantic total wine. All right, so let let us hear about this woman, the Isdal woman. Yeah, I was about. I don't even know what it. So, was. have you heard of this at all? Is this is this even on your radar or anything? On my radar, radar? No, no, it's not on your radar. <laughs> no, it is your not Isdal. on my radar. <laughs> okay, uh, yeah, this is a crazy story. So, um, uh, a couple of years ago, the BBC did a uh, a little bit of a dive into this with a with a limited edition podcast series okay, where they dove in and started interviewing people and talking to people. And it stuck out to me as such a weird case because it's just this bizarre murder, maybe suicide that happened. And it's been 50 years since it happened and there's not a lot of answers. So, you know, I feel like this would be one that like shows up in the BBC Sherlock series with right. Yeah. What's his name? Very Benedict Cumberbatch. I uh, love Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah. I heard somebody say uh, Johnny Depp, David Bowie, and what's the woman's name who plays the Ancient One slash Sorcerer Supreme on Doctor Strange? I'm blanking on her name. No clue. Okay. Those three are all from this planet. Oh, I, I'm remembering now. She played, Tilda Swinson. Tilda Swinson. Is that her name? Yeah. She was in Constantine. Yes. Yeah. Tilda I Swinson. hate her. <laughs> <laughs> she, she's she's <laughs> not awesome. as a person. Just, yeah. I just don't like her acting. But so somebody was saying like Johnny Depp, David Bowie and her are all from this planet. And so is Benedict Cumberbatch. But Benedict Cumberbatch, Cumberbatch is the Danny DeVito of that planet. What? <laughs> <laughs> so I guess they're all the kind of like normal looking people that Benedict Cumberbatch is the Danny DeVito looking guy for that planet. Oh, my God. I don't know. It I saw it on like Instagram reels that crap. That's funny. Okay. Okay. Let's dive in. So on November 29th, 1970, a family of hikers were traversing the difficult ground around the Isdal Valley. Uh, Isdal Valley. It's actually the Isdalen Valley. I S D A L E N. Uh, it just basically means icy as fuck. It's just like it's a, it's a valley that is just covered in ice. It sucks all the time because it's Norway and it's just a horrible place. I mean, I'm sure Norwegians like it. The yeah. area, the area <laughs> while being a beautiful hike. I mean, I've been in the area I went through there, but it was in the dead of summer. So it was like 30 degrees. Yeah. <laughs> and so dead was, of summer. 30 yeah. degrees. So the area while being a beautiful hike had a deep and dark history. The valley scarred from more than 40 advances and retreats of the nearby glaciers is known as a place of death throughout the middle ages. The valley was a place of suicide. Hundreds of people over many decades sought out the Isdalen Valley as a place to take their own lives because it was a remote location where no one would stumble across their bodies. Today, the valley is just a short ride from Bergen, and in the last few hundred years, the trails have become a bit more difficult to manage because of the amount of traffic on them. In the last 10 years, more than a dozen hikers have plummeted to their death off the off these ledges when the fog is too heavy. Into the fjord. It, well, yeah. I mean, just like straight down the side of a cliff. Yeah. Um, and I've, I've gone to Norway. I've done hiking in Norway. I've done some hiking in um, Iceland and some other places. And you don't realize how it much these things look like death until you're standing on the side of a cliff and it's foggy and you're just like, oh, okay. That's what death looks like. Yeah. It looks you know? like a full blown abyss. You just yeah. can't see more than like 10 feet down, but you know, it just keeps going and you don't really know uh, how yeah. far and you'll just, it's, it's like the lost boys where you're just like, whoo. 
and you just vanish into the fog and who knows whether you grabbed onto the bottom of the train yeah. or you just fell to your death. Yeah. So anyways, back in 1970, a family was out for a morning hike and they came around a corner to discover a badly burnt body laying next to a group of rocks. Again, it's 1970. So the family sees this burned body and then is like, oh no, let's go get some help. Then they have to walk for hours back to the road and then drive and then hope they find a cop because that's how it worked in the 70s. Way to ruin their hike, lady. Right. <laughs> oh, I'd be so mad. I'd be like, how far were we from the trailhead? <laughs> this divorce is fresh and I'm trying to bond with my children out here on this trail. And you <laughs> went and got burnt. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so the cops back in 1970 put on their hiking boots and they hoof it out to these burned remains where they start discovering some really weird stuff. First, only the front of the body is really burned badly but they smell burning in the air and they see scorches on the ground. So she was clearly burned right there. Her backside isn't burned too bad. And it was almost like she was staring at a slow motion explosion. So just the front part was like flash fried, you know, dang. She even managed to cover up her stomach and the clothes covering it weren't burned. So she kind of had, um, I'll explain her, her body position in a minute, but some of the parts where she was crunched over, uh, you know, her, her panties at the front weren't burnt too badly. There were some dress parts on the front of her, um, from her dress where her stomach was, wasn't burnt badly. And her back was not burnt the back of her clothes. Wow. Uh, on her face up at the, uh, up on her face, her hair was totally burned off except for her ponytail at the back, which was fine. And even you can see in the police reports, there was a really fine tied blue bow that held her hair together. And uh, at the front, her arms and legs face all charred up. Her body is in what forensics called the uh, boxer position or the pugilistic position. It's kind of that you see it in those pictures from. Uh, yeah, exactly. You see it in the pictures from uh, like Pompeii and stuff. Yeah, Pompeii where they're like, ah, and you yeah. have the one arm close and the one arms kind of far and yep. you're like kind of half looking away and you're like, ah. do you know why that position happens? No. So most people just assume it's kind of, oh, no, and you get stuck there. Uh, that's actually not what it is. So what happens is it's a result of muscle stiffening and the limb shortening the hands. They move up like that in a high temperature fire, even if you died before you were set on fire because it has to do with the way the fat is burned and the muscles burn. So it tightens the muscles. So they come together. So you end up. Oh, in this, wow. Yeah. Apparently they found Paul Walker in that same position after he crashed. Oh my God. Porsche. That's so sad. I didn't need to know that. Yeah. Sorry. Now you I do. love Paul Walker. Yeah. Don't picture that, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> other <laughs> other <laughs> other than a single drop of gasoline found on the remains of her fur lined hat, which was underneath her body. There is zero evidence that any sort of fire happened on the site aside from the scorching in her burned body. There's no like wood, uh, you know, and even though they can smell fire and they see the scorches and ash, there's no charred logs, no fuel containers or kindling, just her burned body. And they're sure it was gasoline that was on her hat. Well, yeah. So, they, so they ran it through an analysis and they found it was petrol. So, it, petrol, you know, that's yeah, yeah. for gas. So, yeah, they thanks. Found I'm not dumb. <laughs> put some petrol. <laughs> put some petrol in my lorry. Yeah, exactly. So, next to the body, uh, it got even weirder. So, police find two plastic bottles that look like flasks. When they open them up, all that's inside is really, really pure water, like drinking water or cer like ceremonial water, like holy water. Okay. But none of it was drunk. And one of them was even a bit shriveled up from being next to the high heat, which burned her. Yeah. Um, nearby is also an empty but well used passport cover. So, you know, like the sleeve you put your passport in, but it's empty. And one of the rubber boots that uh, poor Rolf sold her over in Stravagen. I guess not poor Rolf. He's doing fine. He still works there. Uh, oh, man. That's like nuts. today. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, he's like still there. People, somebody interviewed him. He's like 80 years old, but yeah, he's still there. Yeah, he's like 70 something. And like I saw hey. uh, somebody, I don't know, I think it was BBC or something, went over and interviewed him and they, they there's some recent discoveries in this case and they asked him about oh, it. Okay. He's like, I don't know. She smelled like garlic. And I love BBC. Their reporting is so much better than what we have here. Yeah, hell yeah. So nearby was the passport cover and the boot. One boot was still on her foot and burned. The other was removed along with her sock and set carefully beside her. So she took one shoe and sock off or somebody else took it off, you know, before she was burned. 
Uh, yeah, because the boot wasn't burned. It, it, the boot was in perfect condition. That's how they her leg it. was burned. Yeah, yeah, her bare leg was burned. Okay, yeah. all right. So boot was off before the burning happened. Right. Yeah. Okay. You're not going to solve this, so don't try to keep like a running thing in your. Head. I am. I'm. I can't <laughs> help it. You're like, bro. I'm on it. I know. I already know yeah. who did it. Okay. <laughs> it was Rolf. That son of a bitch. It was Elon um, Musk time traveling in the Black Knight satellite. Probably. Probably. <laughs> It was time traveling Jesus with the <laughs> right in on his raptor. His raptor juice. Yeah. Beside her body, someone, uh, either herself or her killer, carefully laid out her jewelry in what looked like a ceremonial way. It was all lined up very nicely on a rock next to her. Uh, there's a pair of earrings and a ring all lined up on this nearby rock out of the way. And near those was some of her other clothing, all with the labels carefully clipped off and removed. After going through the crime scene, police were no closer to figure out her identity. They're just more confused because there was nothing there to go by. And her clothes were kind of like not old timey. I don't want to say they were kind of like Victorian or something. They just weren't super modern stuff. Yeah. Uh, police went to the press, the local media, while they were conducting the autopsy and they wanted to get a head start on IDing this woman and they're passing out descriptions. They didn't have a drawing or anything because her face was just burned off, you know? Yeah. Um, they were saying even her nose was gone. It was just burned badly. Uh, they get her prints from her charred hands and start running them for a match, but they don't get anything back. Uh, they send it to Interpol. They send it all around Europe. So this is 1970. It's not, you know, we're not in the dark ages. There's still Interpol and you can fax stuff. And, you know, so this is all still happening. People aren't really talking about seeing her anywhere, but it's also a town of 200,000 people. So, you know, if there's cops walking around saying, did you see a woman with dark hair? You know, who knows? So after about a week, the cops end up getting lucky. They find out there's been two bags sitting at a local baggage claim at the Bergen Railroad Station. The bags were checked in six days before the body was found and just four days after the woman's garlicky stroll around Stravagen. The cops aren't sure if the bags belong to the woman, though, so they start dusting for prints and voila, they find a print on a pair of sunglasses that are tucked into a pocket in the back that matches her, obviously. Now they think we'll get to the bottom of this. You know, they've got some bags, but no, it's just a bunch of more like spy versus spy bullshit inside of there. They they pop it open and all the labels are cut off all the clothes. All the makeup tins have the names of the makeup scratched off. Everything is cl cleared. So there's no identity. The only identifying things they can find with any sort of marks are a matchbook from some lingerie company in Germany some plastic bags with a couple of company names on them and a spoon with a logo engraved on it. That's all they got to go by. Wow. And That's rest, not much. No, it's nothing. Uh, you know, and the rest gets because plastic bags like who the hell were plastic bags are everywhere. I shopped at Kroger once. Yeah, exactly. Do you, don't you know who I am? Right. <laughs> <laughs> like how many target bags do you have in the back of your car right now? You know, so many. So the rest <laughs> gets even weirder. There's uh, she's got a bunch of compasses and maps hundreds of German marks like dollars, German dollars sewn yeah. into the lining of her bag. Deutschmarks. Yeah. Yeah. Deutschmarks. Exactly. Sewn into the lining of their bag. So they're like hidden inside the, the structure of the bag. Oh, dang. And then she's got coins from Switzerland, Belgium, the UK. And on top of that, a bunch of disguises, wigs, uh, a ton of different non-prescription glasses and all other kinds of ways to change her appearance. On top of that, the weirdest is this notebook filled with this indecipherable handwritten code that uh, kind of looks like, uh, I don't know, like the Zodiac cipher or something. It's just like the, a bunch of code writing yeah. in there, you know? Okay, okay. Uh, so what do you think it's so far? I mean, I don't really know yet. <laughs> I, I, I'm still I'm still processing, trying to figure out who who done it. Yeah, it's kind of I don't weird. know yet. Yeah. So There's so many ways this could go from here. Yeah, so the, the the labels being removed and all that stuff kind of seems espionage to me, you know? Yeah, I mean, at the same time, it's just clothes. Like, I don't know right. that, you know, oh, this dude wore Ralph Lauren and that dude wore Armani and this dude yeah. wore Coles. Yeah. I don't see that mattering. Well, back so back then... Um, well, maybe if you had like a suit bought at a particular store right. and like, especially fi like fine women's clothes, it was always like this was bought at Bob's place in Bergen, you know? Right. So yeah, so that little, might narrow it down. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so okay. all that stuff was cut out and you know, what's funny is the last and they time were I, sure the labels were gone. These weren't like, oh yeah, they were handmade like, clothing. No, they were like stitch removed cut out. Yeah. There's like photos. You can see where they were taken away. There used to be a label there. Yeah. 
Okay. It reminds me of um, Heath Ledger's Joker in Dark Knight. Those clothes were custom made, though. Well, when they arrested him, yeah, they were like, oh. So there were no labels. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. That's what that's kind of what I was asking. Yeah. Um, All right. So there was some other weird stuff in these bags. Okay. They dig in and they find a container of clay, like pottery clay wrapped in a brown paper bag and a steel spoon like you would use to cook heroin, basically. Okay. A set of uh, custom surgical knives and a map with coded marks all over it. Surgical gloves, sanitary gauze, a really, really old steel fork, a bunch of candle stumps, uh, large plastic containers for holding different fluids and things from a um, surgical company in Switzerland, a bunch of kind of costume jewelry, like fake jewelry, uh, razors, makeup, and a couple different kinds of prescription eczema cream with the doctor and patient name scratched off of the tube. They used to use um, when they give you back in the seventies when you got prescription creams. Okay, it would come in like a metal tube. Yeah, yeah. They still do that now. Oh, do they? Yeah. So yeah, like, I have I have a face cream that I use, TMI, and but they put I, a sticker on it, right? Yeah. Yes. Well, they put a sticker on the box. Oh, they okay. don't put it on the tube now. But I got a tube and it was like a modern plastic tube. And yeah. then when I went to get my refill, they gave me that fucking metal tube. Oh, and weird. I'm like, fuck this metal tube. Because <laughs> by the time you get to the end, it has at least ripped once or twice. Sure. And then there's like goo coming out, goo coming yeah. out of everywhere. The tube, it's the yeah. worst. It's the fucking well, so worst. Back in the day, they would either stamp or write right on the metal. Okay. And so this. Oh, wow. That's crazy. This woman or somebody rubbed it all right off the metal. Interesting. Yeah. All right. Uh. So yeah, so again, not a single thing that could lead police to figure out who this woman was. Uh, but they did have a couple leads, and they started with good old Rolf up in Stravagen. Good old Rolf. Good old Rolf. How's he doing? Uh, well, he's old. You know, uh, the the <laughs> video I saw, you know, he was creaking a little while he's putting a, putting some boots up away on a top. When shelf. was when was this interview done? Is recently? Like a like a year ago. Okay. Yeah, uh, seven months ago or something. It was like very recent. I'm interested yeah. to hear what the modern turns are. Oh, we'll find out. We'll get it. Okay. okay. So okay. he tells them about the garlic and it leads them to a nearby hotel where the woman at the desk describes a odd perfume smell. Okay. So probably garlic also, garlic. you know, garlic. It's, it's Norway in 1970. People don't really know Use garlic. garlic. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and even they Rolf, smell salmon, right? <laughs> even Rolf later was said something along the lines of, I didn't realize until a month later when I went to an Italian restaurant and I figured out what garlic was. Yeah. Anyways, they this other woman is like, yeah, she stunk too. And they get all excited and they go to the hotel and they find a name. And it's Fenella Lorch. Fenella Lorch. Fenella Lorch, yeah. And they're sure that this is her name. Yeah, so they describe her to a T, describe her clothes, and describe the boots she bought. Okay. So they're pretty convinced that this is her. Okay. So they go to the hotel. The cops fan out and they start searching and asking questions. They figure out a couple things. First of all, her name's not Fenella Lorch at all. This is not. See, I knew. <laughs> I knew you were, you're getting me over here, leading me on the wrong. Path. So she clearly gave a fake name. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. Uh, and then the other thing they figure out is this: this lady has been all over the damn place, racking up these frequent flyer miles or hotel miles at all these different locations. So many chase points. Right. They find that she's used at least seven different aliases with passports to back them up because back then you had to have a passport to check into some of these hotels. So if she checked in under a name, she had the passport to match and they found a bunch. Oh, wow. So at the hotel Neptune in Bergen, she left quite an impression on the 21 year old Alvid Ranjnez, who's a waitress there. She had seen her a few times during her stay and thought she was elegant and self-assured in all of her actions. That's a quote. So she said in another quote, she looked so fashionable. I wish to be able to mimic her style. In fact, I remember her winking at me. From my perspective, it felt as though she thought I had been staring at her a bit too much. On one occasion while I was serving her, she was in the dining hall sitting right next to, but not really interacting with, two German Navy personnel, one of which was an officer. Now, people all over town are remembering the Isdal woman. They talk about her fur hat, uh, the one that was found under her body with the drop of gas on it. They remember that she had gold teeth, which stood out to people. Gold teeth. Yeah, not don't think like she was a rapper. Yeah, not Flavor Flav. This was like <laughs> this was like gold fillings, and but they stand. You can see them when people talk to you. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, 
but it was also very unusual in Norway at the time to have gold teeth. It was really right. something that was only done in Eastern and Southern Europe, you know, um, for some reason. Uh, back in Stravagen, the police are talking to witnesses and a taxi driver says he brought her to the harbor where she boarded a custom-looking high-speed racing boat bound for Bergen. That's when the cops start finding her presence all over the damn place in Norway, Germany, all over the place. So they start looking at all these different hotels, and they also start getting all these stories of really weird behavior. At one hotel, they told the police she kept moving furniture from her room out into the hallway and then would you know, stay for the night. And then before she left, she would move the furniture all back into the, to the room. So she was essentially emptying a room out, staying in there, moving it back in. So, okay. Weird. Sounds like a lot of work. It does sound like a lot of work. Um, and then she was constantly asking for room changes just over and over again. Can I get a different room? Can I get a different room? Uh, somebody, I know somebody online had put together uh, a compendium of all the different room numbers. She stayed in at all these different hotels and they found that every time she changed rooms, it was because she had been placed in a room that had the number six in it. Probably a coincidence, but just a weird kind of coincidence that every time yeah. she asked for a change, it was something with a six in it. Okay. In a different hotel, the wait staff talked about how she met with two different men, a younger man and then later an older man, both of which she sat with but didn't interact with at all while they shared a meal. Then there was another mention of meeting with military men over drinks. Again, just sitting with and not interacting with. Right. So weird. During all these various hotel stays, she's listing herself as from Belgium. So the police fax this, all, all this information over to Belgium in the hopes that one of these various passports are going to hit a match, but nothing. There's no evidence of a single citizen in all of Belgium using any of the, you know, dozen fake names she's been handing out. Yeah. Now with a half dozen fake passports, a slew of wigs and makeup and even clay possibly for making fake noses and chins and stuff. The cops are pretty sure they've got a spy on their hands. So of course they're not going to go get any sort of help from local governments. So like if she's saying I'm from Belgium and she's a spy, Belgium's not going to be like, yeah, that's our spy hanging out over there. Same thing with Russia, Europe, you know, Eng England, anybody. Right, right. Yeah. Um, Norway was a pretty significant spot during the cold war. You know, it shared a, I think it's about like a 150 mile border with Russia. Europe is right there and so on. And so uh, it would bring then the whole uh, honeypot spy game into this whole thing where, you know, maybe she's like this high end sex worker escort who's trying to steal secrets from people and she's hanging out there because Russians are coming and going and high end Navy men and, you know, people talked about how she dressed and all that stuff. And so it's hard to figure out though, because the way she dressed and acted, she was looking to stand out almost in the way people describe her. Yeah. She wasn't blending it at all. She was wearing tons of perfume, stinking of garlic and smoking these long cigarettes and asking for constant room changes and shoving her furniture everywhere. It was just really bizarre behavior for somebody who's trying to be a spy. You know, you usually keep a low profile. Yeah. And all the names she gave were like Valerie Don Blimpton, you know, just like these weird flowery names that aren't just like Jane Doe, you know? Right. You know, so the name stood out. I know I'm over here in my head. I'm like, she was a red sparrow, <laughs> but I don't think so. I don't think she was a spy. That doesn't seem to line up with all the information. It does seem not spyish the way she was acting. You know? Yeah. I mean, unless there was like a female James Bond going on, but even then he was, yeah. like, was he like, always just went as himself. Mary Poppins <laughs> spy. You know, Mary Poppins, the spy. Yeah. yeah. Just <laughs> running around because they found an umbrella next to her body. I don't remember if I mentioned uh, that either. Um, that means she's definitely Mary Poppins. Probably. So anyways, let's go back to that hillside in the Isdalen Valley. During all the investigations above, the autopsy report came back. So while they're out there talking to people, it comes in and it looks like her death was probably not a pleasant one at all. I mean, aside from the burning. They found a ton of smoke inside her lungs, obviously, meaning she was 100% alive when she burned. So she was breathing this in. Yeah. They found that drop of gas, and it looks like she probably was splashed with some sort of gasoline or, or petrol or something and ignited it, but they never found a container there that would have held it. You know? Yeah. And here's where it gets really weird. They found somewhere between 50 to 70 sleeping pills, phenobarbital to be precise, which 
50 to 70 of these things is a very, very lethal dose. Uh, they found these all in her stomach. Two oh, grand. dang. Yeah. So, I mean, her belly was just, I mean, imagine 70 pills in your stomach right now. You know, she must have just been like, you know, bloated with this stuff. Two yeah. grams is considered a lethal dose of phenobarbital. Um, and I think I read that they come in something like 100 milligram pills. So two grams, that would be, how many pills is that? Uh, 100 milligrams, that'd be 20 pills. And she had 70 in her system. So a little over the lethal dose. Um, and about half of them were already digested, meaning that she should have been unconscious before she could have set herself on fire. Yeah. Uh, um, and, and how did she get up there? How did she, how did she, any of this happen if she was teetering on the edge of death? Just bloated full of these pills. Uh, so then again, it poses the question of how did she get up on this hillside with this lethal dose bouncing around inside of her stomach along with they also found she had taken a few shots of liquor and the liquor wasn't the propellant for the fire. It was separate. So it wasn't that. So yeah. So how would she even start a fire with as zonked out as she was supposed to be? And you know, why would you even set yourself on fire if you're already 50% on the way to dying from ingesting these pills? You know, why be out in the middle of nowhere, you know, on top of it. So the police decide they've got enough evidence and they hold a press conference as police do. The police from the the area from Bergen get together and uh, they decide that they it was indeed a suicide, a combination of pills and carbon monoxide poisoning. And no, they definitely know that she was not a spy. They say that flat out. Uh, don't take any questions about it and move on. Uh, they know this for sure because of reasons they say they're not allowed to share. Okay. Uh, then they bury her body in a zinc casket and move on with their lives. Uh, the reason they use a zinc casket is because uh, it preserves the body for longer. So okay. if her family comes along at some point and claims the body, the body will be less decomposed. Decomposed. Yeah, Got exactly. It. Okay. So over the next 50 years or so, people keep digging and there's pretty much no solution. They even dug up her jaw with the gold in her fillings and teeth to figure out her background with some new modern technology, which basically means they figured out she was of European descent. So there was some theories that she was a spy for Israel in, in Mossad. So if she was of European descent, she probably wasn't a spy for Israel because of the genetic heritage. Does European include Russia? Uh, well, parts of Eastern Europe. So it, yeah, I mean, possibly. Okay. Okay. So... Uh, so she could be Polish, Czech. Yeah, exactly. Stuff like yeah. That. Okay. Uh, they also stuck her DNA in the system and said that they'd have a match soon. So they put her in basically 21 Me, or is that the name of it? Yeah. Yeah. So they put her in that system. Doggy DNA test. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and they're like, we're going to hit a match any second here. And that was 2017 and they haven't found anything on that. Yeah. So basically, there's no answers on this. Um, it, it, and it's just really confusing. And we have no idea what it all means. And just like normal life, we get to put our own meanings on this. And so what I've decided, I have two possible theories here. Okay. So have we, have we covered all the, the modern? Yeah, that's pretty much it on the modern end was, and it's okay. kind of disappointing. They, they found the gold fillings. They were able to do some radioisotope testing. Okay. And they found that she must have been European. They know yeah. that. At a young age, she moved to France, where she, that's where she learned to write and speak because of the way she wrote. They had handwriting analysis. But other than that, that's it. They don't know anything. Okay. So she was some kind of European. Yeah. Lived in France for a while. Educated at a young age in France. Yeah. Okay. And, and that's it. That's all they get. Yeah. And she had some boots that she bought from Rolf. Do they know if the hair that was on her head. No, okay. No. See, that wouldn't make sense. I was trying to think of a thing. I was like, was the hair that was burned off of her head a wig? But you said the ponytail was still attached. Which yeah, that was, was her hair. She did have a lot of wigs yeah. in her bag. That's, she that's had lots of disguises. I was, yeah. I was leaning at. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I got two theories. Okay. Let's hear them. So my first theory is that I'm going to go with the fun one first. All right. I think she was a vampire hunter. Okay. She stunk like garlic. She had surgical knives, multiple mirrors, and flasks of pure water. I think she was setting up to kill the Draugr, which is this Norwegian vampire creature. 
uh, that hunts people. Uh, it's been killing people since the Viking era. Okay. I think she was hunting uh, and setting up to catch it, and I think it got turned on her, and she got killed. Then, but the Draugr had gasoline? Or, or she killed the Draugr, and the Draugr exploded the way vampires do when you stick that thing through their heart. Yeah. And that's what killed her. I don't know she why she had too sleeping close pills, to the. She was too close to the Draugr. Yeah. When it blew, it blew up. up in her face. I don't know. I don't know. No. Is it too far fetched? I mean, I think vampires are definitely a thing, but I the just, garlic is what puts me on that trail. What's throwing me off of it is the, the weird behavior, right? The changing rooms, the meeting with the weird men and the moving all over Europe. Yeah. And, and then, all right. You want me to tell you my real theory? I, I don't. Which covers all that? I don't. I don't get the sleeping pills being in. Or I don't get the sleeping pills either. But being in her stomach is. I have a better theory. Okay. 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 All right. Let's so, see. I think the Isdal woman was the real Isdal woman was a super spy, a straight up Cold War era James female James Bond. I think she was making moves, moving all over Europe, and she was getting older. They think she was about forty five. Um. She was getting older. She was getting ready to retire. And so what do you do when you're a spy? When you retire, you have to fake your own death. So I think this woman found someone who looked very much like her in Bergen near the Isdal Valley. I think what she did was track this woman for a little while, then went all over the damn place, making a fool out of herself, stinking a garlic, changing rooms around, acting crazy. And then I think she dragged this poor lady who looked just like her out to the middle of the woods forced her at gunpoint to chew a bunch of pills and then threw a firebomb in her face and then walked off to freedom. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You vibing with that one? So I can, I can get behind that. I can get behind that for sure. Yeah. That's my theory. I have a, I've, what I've been thinking of this whole time is something very similar. Okay. But different. Okay. Let's hear it. So, my basic theory is I still agree. I agree with you. I think she was a super spy. Yeah. But I don't think that the faking your own death thing no. always works with super spies. You know Maybe what I mean? Not. Cause yeah. like through pop culture and movies and stories, Ian Fleming stuff, all this kind of stuff. Yeah. When the spies get old, they don't get away. Right. They get murked. Right. That's what happens. So what I think is she was a super spy and she something happened or she realized that she was getting old enough or she got burned by whoever she was spying for. She knew something was coming. She knew it was over. And so she starts just going around Europe, traveling around, yeah, you know, doing pills, drinking, being kooky, doing shit, you know, like stirring it up because she knew she was burned. It was over. She didn't know when it was going to happen, where it was going to happen or what. You think it was her spy rumsprogging? Rumsprogging. Yeah. I feel like I should know this word. The Amish thing where where you're like 14 years old and you go live in the city for a couple of years and you party party nonstop before it's all over. Yeah, well, I mean, I guess kind of, yeah. She was basically just out here like meeting up with dudes, going back to her room, banging them after she'd, you know, she'd move all the... Move the furniture out so they have like a whole plate with so many room for activities. Yeah, and then <laughs> she'd like bang them, do all kind of stuff, send them on their way. He, she'd be, she basically set up and be okay. like, look, we're going to sit here and eat dinner together. I want you to say a single fucking thing to me. <laughs> Don't even get, look at me. We're going to get fucked up. We're going to go up the room. We're going to smash one out. You're going to put all this furniture in the hallway. <laughs> so we have room to do all the weird sex shit that I want to do that I know how to do as a super spy. Yeah. And then you're going to move it all back. And then I'm going to change rooms because I can't be in this room again after I've smashed you. Yeah, I get it. And so she's going all Europe. She's doing all this stuff. She's acting weird. She's buying fancy rubber boots. <laughs> she's acting like a weirdo. She's a spy. So none of her stuff has none of her clothes have labels in it and stuff. And then she finally gets to Norway and the burners catch up with her. It catches up. It all comes together. Yeah. She goes to have one of these fancy dinner nights with a dude, has a couple of drinks, thinks it's going to be awesome, but it's not just some random dude to hook up with. It's another spy and they go back to do stuff. He drugs the fuck out of her, 
put the roser in his his little Yugo or whatever he has spy car, <laughs> drives her up into the thing, drags her up into the shit, pulls a you know pulls a boot off of her, just wants to make the crime scene look fucked up and weird. Yeah. Takes her jewelry off, does whatever, lays her down on the ground or whatever. She's all Makes like it look like a suicide. Yeah, she's all teetering. You know, he stands her up, all teetering stuff, throws gas on her. And then she like kind of like wakes up a little bit from her like 70 pill fuck up Oof. jam. And then he's just like, you fucked up, beach. And then oh. just like lights her on fire. And then she Oof. falls over under her hat and then and then is dead. They burned her. I like think. when you like when you don't light your grill fast enough. Yeah. Just, yeah, yeah, exactly. The fumes like because with gas, gas is yeah. really volatile. It, it burns um, off. Yeah, it um, goes from liquid to gas state really fast. Yeah. And so the fumes catch, you know what I mean? She probably didn't have to have that much gas on her if it sat on her for a while for it to fume up and she breathes the fumes in and then as soon as she's on fire, the gas catches on fire. Yeah. It burns you from the inside. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's what they said. Her lungs were filled with burn and smoke. Yeah, Yeah, which means fumes got inside of her lungs, which means the gas would have had to have been on her for at least a couple seconds, a little while before she got set on fire. Well, they could have thrown it from like a jug or something and then just walked the jug out with them you know yeah yeah for sure and because that's you know it's it's a beautiful countryside you you pack it in you pack it out yeah it's just the rules <laughs> for sure dude put it back in his yugo and drove away yeah so that's what i think i All think right. she was a super spy she got burned the burner caught her dragged her out there killed her see i guess i'm more hopeful i hope she's out there somewhere living it up either so there's either of those are super plausible yeah. i mean she could have I feel like it's absolutely one of those two, though. If she was a good spy, yeah, she could have just found some dumpy girl somewhere that she kept drugged up in her. She so the only thing to me that makes it seem like she could have possibly had all of those pills in her and not been just dead instantly yeah. is if the person who is actually dead here, this person was just some like no name lifelong yeah. drug user type yeah. where you had basically had to put 70 barbit yeah. you know barbitals on yeah. them to even get them knocked out. Yeah, yeah. It's possible, you know. So I mean she probably I like did like a Jack the Ripper thing. Yeah. She grabbed up some person of the night, a drug addict or something like that, you know, whatever, somebody that wouldn't be missed. There's um so there's a very large amount of people that are trying to figure this case out and they all have their own little like GeoCity web pages. Yeah. And there's a there's a dude who has probably the best one. I, I should probably name it, but I don't remember what it was. Um when we put this, I'll put it in the show notes and I'll find it. And he was talking about he had a whole list of missing persons throughout the area. And he put a couple of them next to the sketch of what she looked like, the sketch that the police showed people. And there was one of the missing women who vanished, looked just like her, kind of had a very similar facial structure. But, you know, they were both those police sketch drawings. So, you know, who actually knows? Sure. So it was, it's basically just like two women with dark hair. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I mean, because when we think about Ted Kaczynski, the iconic Ted Kaczynski picture. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's not Ted Kaczynski. No, not at all. That's the, artist yeah i was always terrified it's of that the picture. sketch it's the sketch artist guy yeah i was always scared of that picture because um that it looked just like my dad when i was a kid oh wow that's yeah bonkers. my dad my dad was kind of a shifty scumbag so it was like it was always kind of like is my dad the fucking unabomber like it was, <laughs> like, it, was it was right about that time when i was growing up and i was just like this looks a lot like him but i always kind of imagine my dad as being a very very fit homer simpson okay yeah no, mine was a Unabomber, but okay. but not the smart part, not the Harvard stuff. Yeah, just the crappy stuff. Yeah, I'm sorry. No, it's fine. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, I think I think the super spy is probably. I think she was some sort of weird spy thing going on, and there's been people online who track. So there, at the time, there was this special missile program called the Penguin, and it was the secret missile program, and she was popping up in cities where it was kind of happening. Um, and, and with a lag of a day or two here, a day or two there, showing yeah. up and stuff. And so, so 
people attribute it to that's what she was doing. And she met with those two Navy guys. Okay. And so people, she was trying to crack the penguin missile thing. Yeah. And maybe. Yeah. Her. Yeah. And then one of these boats that was carrying a penguin apparently blew up. And so there's a bunch of people who are like, Oh, maybe she was on the boat and that was the explosion. But they have evidence that she actually burned on that mountaintop. You know? Yeah. So, yeah. So that's probably not the case, but um, yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of, a lot of evidence and a lot of case to be made that she was probably some sort of spy. Has anybody thought that maybe she was a vampire? Well, no, because she's out in the daytime a lot. And she smelled like Sunscreen. garlic. And garlic repels vampires. Yeah, but maybe she had garlic sunscreen. <laughs> <laughs> but the garlic repels the vampires. You you could do that away. Yeah. That's what it says in the comic books. We don't know if that's real. Oh, I don't know. It could not. Maybe, Maybe they like garlic. It, it's possible. Maybe it attracts other vampires. But it's also like maybe that's why scent. Maybe that's why she was there in Norway hunting was because Norwegians didn't have garlic to repel vampires. Maybe. So the Norwegian vampires were running rampant, just killing people. Or maybe garlic attracts vampires. And since they don't have garlic in Norway, it was a surefire way to find one. I feel like you're making shit up. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like your education level on vampire garlic and where it meets in the middle uh, isn't coming together properly. No, I know my my education on vampires is super high. I know all about them. Really? I'm fucking around right I now. I basically yeah. know Blade. Like I got that part. I know that. Yeah. An interview. I, I read interview with a vampire. So I've, okay. I've got those. Those are my two yeah, yeah. vampire things. I, I know vampires don't like garlic. I know photos of Twilight. I know they sparkle. <laughs> I know they sparkle and I know they're from uh, Twilight's uh, bullshit. I know they're from Washington state. Oh my God. Yeah. But Norway would actually be a good place for vampires because it's dark a lot of the year. Yeah. Uh, 30 days of night was, wasn't that in, oh no, that was in Alaska, Northern Alaska. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyways, Northern Norway is the same way. As yeah. It's Alaska. dark a lot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So anyways, I think super spy faked her death got out of there. I think she's chilling in Cabo. She's probably 95 years old mm. looking like the uh, old lady from something about Mary chilling out, okay. hanging out, having her life. I'm going to do it. Yeah. Cool. Or she's dead or she's dead. Who knows? Who knows? Either way, it's a lot of sleeping pills. That's a lot. They only come in bottles of 60. So if there were 70, they had, to have had two bottles. Than, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot. I looked it up. The brand, they only came in bottles of 60. Did they ever try to look at people who broke into pharmacies to steal phenobarbital? No, because I feel like I think they would have. have. Yeah, you would think they would probably check that out. Like right? but there was no nobody brought that up. Right. So, but I'm sure there was one cop who was like, wait a minute. You know, are we sure? And especially, um, <laughs> well, one of the reasons was the brand name of phenobarbital was from out of the country area. It was from Denmark, I believe, because it was a brand name called like Phenofall or something, and it was from yeah. a different country. So okay. she wasn't able to obtain those pills in Norway. Right. So she imported them. Yeah. Or somebody did. Yeah. So, yeah. Cool. Okay. So anyways, no idea. Who knows? Who knows? It's fun though. Yeah. Yeah, I like vampires. Yeah. All right. All right, guys. Well, thanks for joining us for another episode of Illuminati, and we will see you guys again next week. joining us for this episode of Brew Luminati. Our intro and outro music is written by Dungeness. Want to learn more about the topics we cover and who we are? Join us on Facebook and Instagram at Brew Luminati Podcast for behind the scenes content and updates. Do you have mystical powers of insight or just questions, suggestions, and feedback? Reach out to us at thebrewluminati at gmail.com. Are you ready to immerse yourself into the inner circle? Visit patreon.com slash podcast. For the same price as a cup of coffee or sandwich you won't remember, you know, because of mind control, you can join the Brewluminati and lift the veil on the true mysteries of the universe. Your membership to the Conclave unlocks access to our secret Discord server, bonus Patreon-only content, behind-the-scenes talks, and much more. Every dollar spent not only helps us reveal the truths of the world, but also frees us to make the show better, weirder, and allows us to go deeper and deeper into the void while funding our next beer run. When we're not talking conspiracies and beer, we're passionate about saving the forgotten puppies and kitties of the world. 
10% of every dollar you donate goes directly to the Best Friend Pet Adoption Agency. They are a local 501c3 all-breed, all-foster cat and dog rescue that will save the life of a pet who never had a chance. Keep an eye out because we'll be posting pictures of the lives our listeners save. For more information on Best Friend Pet Adoption, head over to bfpa.org. Join us again next week for another episode of Brew Luminati. We know you will, because again, mind control is real. Thank you.